We have people invest in things like racehorses, cattle, alpaca, farmland, timber. So the list, the list goes on and on. Invest in what you know best. You have this opportunity to truly diversify, and I think that's what people like to take advantage of. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Gentle Art of Crushing It show where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the Gentle Art of Crushing It podcast, Passive Investing Edition. My name is Randy Smith, and I'll be your host today. And I'm really excited to have one of my partners um, through Impact Equity, uh, Larissa Green, with us. She is from Advanta IRA, and she is in charge of education and development for this amazing organization. So, Larissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Randy. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, let's let's go ahead and jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in this uh, crazy passive investing space that we're all involved in? Yes, absolutely. So many people have heard of maybe uh, self-directed IRAs or checkbook control IRAs or real estate IRAs. Well, they're really all one and the same, and that's what Advana does. We help people invest in private investments, so anything outside of the market where a lot of people have you know, a brokerage account that is considered self-directed, they really don't hold private investments. So you're not gonna find that you know, if you said, hey, I wanna make this um, limited partnership investment, they're gonna say, okay, no problem. A lot of times they're really not sure how the paperwork is handled, the IRS reporting, the valuations and things of that nature. And so our job truly is just for those private investments. We fill the gap in the industry so that individuals can make the investments that they choose that are outside of the market. Are you interested in real estate investing but don't know where to get started or think you don't have the time or money? Are you stuck in your W-2 because the golden handcuffs make it hard to walk away? If this sounds like you, check out impactequity.net and schedule some time to talk with the founder, Randy Smith. Randy went from massive income to leaving his W-2 through passive income, and he can help you do the same. www.impactequity.net. I love it. So you guys are essentially, you're freeing up and you're breaking the shackles off of the traditional 401k or IRA that has historically kind of limited the amount of investments that you, or amount or type of investments that you could actually use those dollars for is that kind of a good summary of it or yeah you know it is and you know the really cool thing about self-directed ira is you get the opportunity to truly diversify your retirement savings um you know when you're looking at again something that is market-based you're making maybe um investments into diverse stocks but you're still in the stock market and so mm -hmm. having a self-directed ira you can move some money over it's not an all-or-nothing strategy and then make those investments that you see fit or what we like to say is invest in what you know best. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's a really powerful strategy that really, um, it opens up dollars that most folks, if they've been in corporate America or worked for another organization for any amount of time, odds are they've accumulated some dollars into this bucket that up till self-directed, 
IRAs, most folks were stuck investing those dollars in the stock market. So um, I personally did the same thing and actually got introduced to Advanta IRA probably, I don't know, five years ago, four years ago. And that was how I kind of dipped my toe in this private placement, multifamily, mobile home, self-storage space that I knew nothing about prior to probably five years ago. So um, fantastic. So let's um, let's kind of jump into some of the details around like what type of accounts do you guys set up? Are there different options? Are there better things for one person versus another? What does that look like? Yeah, those are all great questions. Um, you know, we can really handle any type of retirement account. So we only handle qualified funds, meaning retirement accounts, and there's a few others that I'll let you know about. Um, but essentially anything that ends in IRA, and I don't know why, but a lot of times people think that it has to be a Roth IRA in order to self-direct it, in order to invest outside of the market, and that's just simply not true. The good news is that it can be a traditional IRA or a Roth, of course, and those accounts are for individuals. And then employer-based plans like SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, and 401ks. Um, typically, when we're looking at a 401k, we're talking about something that is held by someone self-employed. Um, but of course, if you're not self-employed, that doesn't necessarily limit you. There's just some more rules that you're subject to when you have a third-party administrator and an employer as trustee of the plan. Um, but typically, the self-employed could have a solo 401k and self-direct it. Um, and then other types of plans um, have health savings accounts. Those can be self-directed and then education savings accounts as well. I don't see a ton of education savings accounts, but it's, it's almost like, you know, the best kept secret for self-direction um, because it has it does have a lot of options for education. And then also you have the ability to self-direct it, which is really cool because you can grow, you know, education savings for um, your children or a child close to you as well. So it's a really cool account. But all of those can be self-directed. And then um, you also have another type of account that we call a record keeping account, where if you have you know, a pension or a 401k, typically the self-employed would be able to use this, but in order to uh, move some of your retirement savings out of the market and keep some of them there and do some self-direction as well. I love it. I love it. So I, I had no idea. So 529 plans are funds that you could actually self-direct as well, it sounds like. So a 529 plan is not the same as an education savings account. So unfortunately, that can't be moved to, sometimes it's referred to as like a Coverdell account or a CISA or a ESA. Um, they're actually separate. So an ESA would be um, established and funded under sort of this ESA umbrella or Coverdell. And the contribution limits are smaller. Um, but you can self-direct it, which is different than a 529 plan where you're sort of subject to, I believe, um, you know, the rules of whatever the 529 plan allows you to invest through. Got it. Got it. Okay. So it's just, it's, uh, and, and I think that's a really good point too, that this is not something that you probably want to be doing on your own. You probably want to be working with an expert um, in somebody like Advanta. And I, I will share that the whole the whole reason why I have you guys on this call is because you guys have been an amazing vendor, not only for myself personally, but for, you know, I think we were talking earlier, potentially dozens or even high 20s, high 30s of other investors that I work with with this process. Because there's, there's a lot of companies like yours out there and all competing for these same dollars. I think it's great. They all, they all generally have some great education, but there, def there definitely are differences between SDIRA custodians 
And I see it firsthand because I, I work with a lot of folks that are that have existing accounts. I see what the onboarding process looks like with them compared to you guys. And inevitably, Advanta always comes out on top. So um, maybe talk a little bit, if you can, about what, what you think differentiates you guys from the rest of the pack. Thank you so much, Randy. I appreciate your kind words. I really honestly think it's our account management system. Um, as you know, um, anybody referred to us always goes to the same account manager. And so I think the biggest thing is that when a client is new to self-direction, they're sort of not really sure of, you know, the next steps type of situation. And so, um, you know, the uh, onboarding process for them with a new account is working with me and then working with my associate Tiffany and we work together as a team and the two of us are always working with those clients and so what that means is that when I sort of hand off a client to Tiffany she can email me or call me and say Larissa where are we in the process for this client or I can give her an update this client is rolling money over from an old employer plan whatever it might be and then Tiffany is with them for the life of the account and so our account management system has really made us stand out from our peers and it has been such, such a success i think i mean i've been with advanta for 12 years um, wow. and we've doing been doing it this way most of my time at advanta and it's been really such a great thing you know clients even after they've made their investment for the long term they still have that account manager they can still reach out to them ask questions if they need a statement or they're just wondering you know when money was deposited last or things of that nature they can reach out to in this case um, Tiffany, you know, and say, hey, can you go over my account with me? And I think that that makes a, a huge difference. It makes everybody feel like even if you're not, you know, in the same town as we are, you feel that way because you know your account representative. Yep. I, and I think you you hit the nail on the head. That is the single most important differentiator between you guys. And it it is literally you and Tiffany that have been just a world of difference compared to everybody else that I work with. And for the listener to kind of put it in perspective, um, as, as you're onboarded, generally what happens is I introduce a new investor to Larissa and Tiffany on the front end. Larissa, usually within minutes, if not hours, right, will <laughs> respond very quickly with here's the next steps in the process. And then she literally handholds them through that entire process until she hands off to Tiffany, who is your single point of contact from that point moving forward. So um, it's been an amazing, amazing partnership for me with Impact Equity with you guys. Um, and my, my investors just speak so highly about it. Now, in contrast, I will share that I've had plenty of folks with other, other um, custodians out there where the entire process can take 30 to 45 days. And um, inevitably, there are unanswered emails, there are unanswered phone calls. It's an 800 number to a call center with folks that don't speak the language very well. And um, I've had investors actually miss out on investment opportunities because the timing of the turnaround took so long compared to Advanta versus, you know, with Advanta, I can make an introduction and literally 10 days later, they're funding which is just um, for a small business owner like myself, it's so nice to have a trusted partner that literally just takes this off my plate and I know they're going to get the same or better service than they would get with me. So thank you, Larissa. Thank you, Advanta. You guys are fantastic. Okay. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. I was, at, um, I was at a conference a few weeks ago and there, I want to say there was like five or six different custodians there. And, 
you know, as soon as I start talking about what I'm doing, they get really excited. They want to get on the phone. They want to tell me all about it. And the first question always is, do you have dedicated onboarding and account management? And 90% of the time, it's it's no go at that point. So um, I think you guys are safe there. <laughs> all right. So not to go on a rant, but I love, I love Advanta. Um, but let's jump into it a little bit. So let's say... Let's say somebody is sitting on the sidelines, they've been listening to podcasts for years like I was, and they want to see if what they have is something that's available and what would kind of next steps look like for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they can absolutely reach out to us. Um, we a lot of times are dealing with people that are, you know, just just learning, you know, and sometimes self-directed IRAs are something that somebody is completely brand new to, and that's absolutely fine. They can reach out, ask questions. Hey, I have an old employer plan. It's sitting, you know, with XYZ. What would I do? What does that look like? I think one of the biggest questions, is this a taxable event? Or um, another big question I get is, how long do I have to pay that money back? since I'm taking out of my IRA account in order to make an investment. So question one, as long as you're moving from like account to like account, there's no taxes or penalties paid. So if you're moving from an old employer plan that's all pre-tax money, then you would go to an, a traditional IRA typically with Advana. And because both of these accounts are pre-tax, no taxes or penalties are going to be paid. They're going to move over seamlessly. You're filling out forms with your old employer plan that say, hey, this is going to another pre-tax account with Advanta. They send us the money and then you're ready to invest. Um, the, um, the biggest thing there is just, you know, asking us what the process is. We'll ask you the questions. Where is this money coming from? And then we'll help you really, you know, understand that process. Um, when it it's a lot of times it's just paperwork and then um the, the second question i get a lot is how long do i have before i have to pay this money back since i'm taking it out for the investment you are not taking money out of the account for the investment you are truly making the investment through the retirement account so it's really cool because when you look at your um, brokerage firm statement you see all the stock listed there that your retirement account is invested in and at what percentages and at what rate you purchase when you have a self-directed IRA, this IRA is making that investment on your behalf, just like a brokerage firm IRA does. But instead of being in the stock market, now you're in a private investment that you choose. So when you make that investment with Advana IRA and you look at your statement, it's going to show the investment you made. It's titled in the name of the IRA, which we help you with. And then the growth is in the retirement account. So there's no payback period because this is not a loan. It's truly an asset of the retirement account. So it's really cool. I love it. I love it. So what, what are what are some of the challenges then that people run into when they're trying to to leverage this type of tool? Um, I think um, sometimes there's a little bit of fear there when they're doing paperwork. Um, you know, if you haven't really had to deal with IRAs, if your money has been saved through your employer, you probably haven't done a whole lot of paperwork and things of that nature. Um, but because a self-directed IRA is truly something that you direct, there's going to be some paperwork involved, but you don't have to be afraid. We're going to help you with that. Um, so, for example, I said the investment is going to be in the name of the IRA. Well, that probably sounds pretty intimidating, but the truth is we're going to look at the paperwork and say, hey, this is the name of your IRA. So it's not in your personal name. It's in, your, in the name of your IRA. And this is where that information goes. So instead of Larissa Green, it's going to be Advanta IRA, FBO, Larissa Green, IRA number one, two, three, four. And that demonstrates to the IRS 
that this is actually an investment of the retirement account, and therefore it retains its tax deferred or tax free status, and it's under that retirement account umbrella. And um, you know, when people first start this process with us, they say, well, how do I know that it's going to stay in the IRA or um, what information do you need? And you don't have to be worried about that because we're going to walk you through it. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a, that's a really good point is that um, probably one of the most confusing or most challenging parts of passively investing in private placements is the whole paperwork process. And you guys have been extremely helpful down to um, I had Tiffany one time on a Zoom kind of walking me through line by line what to fill out and how. Um, I've had situations where she actually fills out some of the paperwork, sends it to me to DocuSign, so we know everything is protected and there, there's no taxable event error that could possibly occur. Um, and, and one of the nice things that I think that I like to share with folks is when you're when you're filling out the distribution process, the fact that the dollars are going back to the account versus coming to your bank account, right. that in and of itself tells you that those dollars are going to be protected because your your responsibility as Advanta IRA is to be a custodian and to protect that tax advantaged um, kind of shell of the IRA. And um, yeah, anyways, it's it's been a great experience with with everybody I've worked with. So I'm I'm curious though. There's this thing that a lot of people. Um, some of the vendors out there use a term called UBIT or UBIT and UDFI almost interchangeably is kind of um, this big scary monster that like you don't want to use self-directed accounts because of this terrible 37% tax. Can you talk about what that is and how that actually impacts investments? Um, of course, we know you're not a CPA, you can't give tax or, or legal advice, but what is Advanta's IRA response to the UBIT, UDFI question? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know we hear a lot about that, especially with real estate investments, which it is where it typically applies. Um, and so if you are purchasing real estate and you're using financing, it is definitely going to apply there to IRA accounts. So that's very important. If you are investing into a limited partnership that is for investing in real estate, and they're using financing to purchase that real estate, it's very likely gonna apply. Um, like you said, I'm not a CPA, so usually what I do is tell people, hey, this could apply to the investment that you're making because your IRA is a limited partner in a real estate investment where leveraging is possibly a factor here. And if it is, that's where the unrelated business income tax applies. Um, I do think you know a lot of times people hear that term or, or they hear taxable in their IRA and they do um, you know, have some fear of it. But, you know, usually it, you just talk to your CPA, run some calculations, see if it makes sense for your investment. Um, the IRA potentially gets deductions here. So it's not, hey, this is the tax and, and it's on your earnings and that's how it works. There's going to be some um, ways to mitigate that tax a little bit. Um, you know, we usually send some information out that includes, you know, things like um, forming a C corporation in order to make the investment through that C-Corp owned by the IRA to offset that tax. Again, I'm not a CPA and maybe that doesn't make sense in every case. So I can't you know, um, claim that it does, but it's definitely something you could talk to your CPA about. The other thing is if you're self-employed and you're eligible for a solo 401k, um, for whatever reason, 401ks are not exposed to unrelated business income tax through financing real estate in the same way an IRA is. Um, and so there could be an option for you there. 
um, with the deductions and the um, earnings, you know, the, the tax is on the earnings related to the amount of debt. So a very straightforward calculation would be if I purchased real estate in my IRA and I borrowed 50%, then 50% of my earnings are going to be subject to unrelated business income tax. Um, but I potentially get some deductions here. And so therefore some of that is gonna be offset. Um, when I'm a limited partner in an investment, there's some calculation that goes into there and then some deductions. And so it's gonna offset that tax. And it, it's, you know, it, I think sometimes it sounds a little scarier, um, but if you have more questions on unrelated business income tax, um, we can certainly provide more information, but also, like I said, talk to your CPA and find out more about it because ultimately your CPA is gonna be the person assisting you with those deductions. And the good news here too, is that this is a tax to your IRA, not to you personally. And so it's really considered an expense to the IRA. And so it's not something where you have to worry at the end of the year that you're gonna pay an additional tax. It's a tax that the IRA will pay um, after you do those calculations. And once the investment is paid off after 12 months, that is no longer going to apply. So, you know, it, it's uh, something that, you know, we hear a lot about. Sometimes it doesn't apply and sometimes it does. Um, and you're right, UDFI and UBIT are typically used interchangeably, but um, UDFI, which is unrelated debt finance income tax, income triggers unrelated business income tax. So that's how the two are related. Got it. Thank you. Thank you so much for walking through that. It's, I remember I did, I think I did my first couple of investments in this space with that. And then I, I heard a podcast where a really, um, oh, I would just say passionate sales guy that was trying to sell some other type of product started talking about this tax. And I, I called my CPA. I'm like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? And very, very quickly, he kind of walked me through the calculation and actually what it meant for that specific investment. And very quickly, I was relieved. It's not as big of a scary thing as I thought it was going to be. And it still made perfect sense for me to be taking my dollars from self-directed, I'm sorry, from traditional 401k to self-directed to invest in these private placements. So um, yes, I think it's a, it's a hot topic and I appreciate the education that you guys provide around that uh, because that is, um, well, I, I mean, it just kind of talks to the integrity of your organization as well. You guys don't use a lot of sales or uh, like scary fear sales tactics to try to get people to buy in. So, so I, I appreciate that. Now, Real estate, I, of course, I'm involved in multifamily primarily. I'm involved in a, a couple of other different asset classes, but this is not only for real estate, right? You can do this type of strategy with all types of different investments. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. Um, as long as it's with, allowed within IRS rules and considered a private investment, we can typically hold it. Um, the rules are really centered around um, not transacting with yourself, and um, having a current benefit from an IRA owned asset and specific family members. So up and down your lineal tree, parents and grandparents, children and grandchildren, and then spouses and business entities of those. And then the only two investments not allowed in an IRA are life insurance and collectibles. So outside of that, the sky is just about the limit. I mean, we have people invest in things like gold and silver bars and coins and cryptocurrencies. Um, we've had clients even invest in things like um, race racehorses, cattle, alpaca, farmland, timber. So the list the list goes on and on. And again, that kind of goes back to invest in what you know best. You know, um, 
you have this opportunity to truly diversify. And I think that's what people like to take advantage of. I love it. I love it. So now you did also mention involvement and in family members. Um, Cause I deal with a lot of folks that, or I, I interact with a lot of folks that they might be flippers. They might be doing short-term rentals or buying, got buying like single family homes that they manage. Um, those are kind of no-nos. My, it's my understanding in this space. Like you, as an individual, you cannot be involved in the business is my understanding, correct? It depends on how involved you are. If I buy 123 Main Street with my personal cash and then I want my IRA to rehab it, that would be prohibited. If I buy 123 Main Street with my IRA and then my IRA pays to have it updated, that's sort of a different animal as long as I'm hmm. not out there providing the sweat equity for that investment. Um, hmm. Another question I get a lot of is my son is going to buy 123 Main Street and my IRA wants to participate and you know provide the rehab money. And unfortunately, um, there's going to be some restrictions there, like the son uh, providing that sweat equity or um, the son purchasing the property and then the father's IRA lending on top of that for the rehab. Those scenarios don't work. Um, there are scenarios that would work where you're partnering, but you have to partner at the outset of the investment. And none of the individuals can have a current um, benefit from that investment. So, you know, if the father said, well, my son and I are going to partner into a rehab project and we're going to do it at the outset and my son isn't providing any sweat equity, then that would be okay. But if they said, um, but by um, being a partner in this investment, his um, construction company is going to give him a raise, then now that's a current benefit to the son. And that mm. can be um, something that would be prohibited for IRS rules. So you really want to do your investing at arm's length transactions. You want to make sure that, you know, there's nobody in your immediate family, essentially, that's going to have right. a current benefit. And that includes you personally as well. No current benefit to you. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's really helpful. I thought it was um, when, when you start talking about buying an asset and then using cash to rehab. I thought even that was kind of outside of the boundaries. So it sounds like it's a little more complicated than what I initially even thought it was. So better to be safe than sorry, and definitely consult with the experts uh, before you start doing this. And, and actually, one thing that also I've found is nice with Advanta is both yourself and Tiffany kind of guide me on situations where, you know, I'm asking if I can do this, this and this. And uh, fortunately, you guys won't even help me fill out the paperwork if it's not something that I can be doing. So you guys have those checks and balances in place, which really protect me from making mistakes on things that I just know nothing at all about. So so that's really helpful. Um, so let's talk about Advanta a little bit more about like you guys definitely have uh, some great tools that investors can use in this space, but you guys are also an educator and you provide a lot of different resources outside of that. Can you talk to that a little bit and what's available to to the audience? Absolutely. Um, we do our very best at um, education. We have two webinars um, every week just about and everything is educational. So we're always looking to provide information on investments. Um, very generalized. So what you can and can't do, um, understanding due diligence of specific types of investments, market updates. Um, my partner just did one a couple months ago on the Secure Act 2.0. So we're trying to always stay very relevant and, you know, keeping people informed on things that are important for IRAs. Um, because even if 
Um, it's not necessarily something directed towards self-directed IRAs. It would be something about IRAs in general. And so we're trying to always be at the forefront of that education. Our blog articles are the same. Um, we talk about things like rolling over from a 401k to an IRA or doing something where you take money from a pre-tax account and move it to a Roth IRA, do that Roth conversion. What does that look like? I actually just did um, two webinars on growing money tax-free. I did one on um, mega Roth contributions to your 401k and backdoor Roth contributions to your Roth IRA. So um, the other webinar that I did sort of to a follow-up on that was just very simply Roth IRAs and how to get your money tax-free. So, you know, if you're looking to learn about that and maybe it's not a strategy that will work for you now, but something you're looking to work towards for the future, then it's they're all really good topics that we try to cover for our clients. And we're always looking for topics. So, you know, if anybody has a topic idea, you can always let us know and we definitely would look at it. I need to look at that library. A few of those things that you mentioned are things that I'm very interested in myself. So, um, and, and you know, the challenge is that we spend myself, I spent 25 years putting dollars into 401ks because it was common knowledge that that's what you should be doing. And I'm really starting to question that now as I'm trying to create livable income for myself now that I've stepped away from the W-2. Now I'm only 50 and I, I still would pay some type of penalties by pulling some of those dollars out, but I'm hearing there's a lot of creative strategies that can make, um, potentially convert some of those dollars that are protected into livable income for me before I'm 59 and a half. So I will definitely dig into your, to your library to, to take a look at those last two that you mentioned for sure. So, well, let's, um, let's kind of shift. I do have, I thought I had one more question, but I think I might've just stated that there. So why don't, um, is there anything else that you'd care to share with the audience before we get into our kind of final three questions? Um, no, I think that we've really covered all the, the, the typically asked questions for self-directed IRAs. I think we covered. Okay, perfect. Well, let's do this. I, I have a few questions I'd like to ask everybody before, before we wrap it up. Um, one, I think you've probably already answered. So the first one is usually, uh, what type of educational resources would you suggest that the newer, newer passive investor look at before starting to their passive investing journey? Yeah, I would definitely say um, that you could follow all of our education and it, there's never any obligation for anybody. Sometimes people will start following our webinars and um, blog articles for, you know, months to years before they're ready to invest. Um, you know, sometimes if you're currently employed and you don't have an option, unfortunately, to move that money into an IRA because your plan restricts it, but, you know, you're, you're either looking to retire early or change jobs at some point, then you would have that opportunity. And so you certainly can join us for any of our events online and on our blog. And there's, like I said, no obligation at all. I love it. Yeah. And so there's, that's actually a really good point too, that when people move between jobs quite often, they will just move the dollars from the old account into their new account. And they're, in my experience, once you move the dollars to the new account, they're trapped there until you either leave or actually, I think they're, I mean, that's really the only option is when those freeze those up. So um, really important if you're changing between jobs to consider do you want to tie those dollars up in that specific or that new employer's um, offering, or do you want to hold it outside, maybe in a self-directed or even something else, just so you have more options when um, when they present themselves? So, okay, very good. Um, and then, secondly, 
how can everybody find all these education materials that you guys have? How can they find you? All of those questions. Mm -hmm. So um, all of our um, webinars are recorded and you can find us on YouTube. So if you just go to YouTube and search Advana IRA, you're going to find us on there and everything is there, including our podcast. Um, you can also go to AdvantaIRA.com and all of that information is there on our video library. And you guys will find me on AdvantaIRA.com also, um, but I can definitely um, provide more direct contact information, you can reach me at 727-754-9963. That's my phone number or L-G-R-E-E-N-E -E -E at com. I, I'm always um, concerned when people give their phone number and their email out because you might get, you know, hundreds of emails about this. Probably not hundreds, but who knows, right? I guess that would be a good thing if that many people reached out. But sure. uh, yeah, thank you for sharing your contact information. Um, and definitely we'll put that in the show notes. All right. And one final kind of fun question I'd like to ask everybody. Is there a recent bucket list item that you've checked off your list or one you're hoping to in the near future? Um, kind of both. I, my, me and my family went on a cruise um, in December and we just had such a good time that we're doing it again this December and I'm really, really excited. Um, I have kids of all age ranges, almost two to 11. Um, okay. So sometimes it can be hard to make everybody happy and we just had the greatest time on the cruise. And where'd you guys go? Um, we just went to, um, it was just a, um, to basically the Bahamas, um, you know, okay. just some stuff um, right where Advanta is located here in Florida. And so we just really went right out of one of the ports here in Florida, but it, it was just the best time. That's awesome. Everybody's trapped in one spot and everybody all inclusive and everybody has something fun that they can do. That's awesome. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Well, Larissa, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and kind of walking through, you know, UDFI and what the process looks like and what differentiates you guys from all the other players out there. You've just brought a ton of value. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Randy. I appreciate it. All right. And to our listeners, as always, we encourage you to continue the education process right up to the point where you finally make that decision to make your first passive investment. We're convinced once you do, you will wish that you had started doing that earlier to decrease your dependence on your W-2. So again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to having everybody with us on another show next Thursday with another awesome guest. Thank you. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Gentle Art of Crushing It. It was an amazing episode. We know we sure learned a lot, and we hope you did as well. We want to take a second and thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that we only ask for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.